Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on Light 100.5 WRCH 96.5 TIC and also WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome to the program. We are just a few days away from the big midterm election, the general election in Connecticut, taking place Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. I'm looking forward to Election Day. It has been talked about now for so long on WTIC, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more now this morning. And here we go with Giselle Feliciano. She is the Democratic Registrar of Voters for the city of Hartford. Good morning and welcome to the program, Giselle. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me show. Absolutely happy to have you here and looking forward to talking about everything voting. Let's just start off with a general look at voter excitement, because I know that back in the last presidential election, there was a flood of people looking forward to getting registered to vote ahead of Election Day. Has it been a busy year for you this year and maybe the last month getting people ready to vote? Yes, we have had several uh, registration drives uh, that have occurred within the last two months. We've had plenty of people um, making sure they were registered. If not registered, they were uh, registered at that time. So we do have uh, some excitement of people coming in to uh, register. And of course, as you know, uh, for those who have not met the deadline of November 1st, we do have Election Day registration on Tuesday that will be held at City Hall um, in the atrium. So those who have not registered or had a chance to register uh, still have that opportunity to come in on November 8th at City Hall to do so. Giselle, what does that look like if somebody is going to make sure that they can vote on Election Day with same-day registration. How does that look? What kind of documents do you need to bring so that you don't go and wait in a line and then all to realize you've got to go back home to get some documentation? So could you talk about what people should bring for that? They should bring a form of ID showing that they actually live within the city of Harper. It could be a utility bill. It could be a rental lease. It um, Anything that states that they have... Um, just come into the city of Hartford um, and they never had a chance to register. We do have our official checkers there that will be uh, checking to make sure that you are not an official uh, voter within the city. Um, And if you are, then we send you to your regular polling location. If uh, you are not, um, then we register you at that time and you're eligible to 
place um, your ballot um, at that time. Is it a requirement to show an ID when you go to the polling place and you go to cast your ballot? When you go to cast your ballot, the procedure is that you show some form of ID, which are several um, different IDs that you can use. If at the end of the day you do not have an ID, there is an affidavit that you can sign um, that you do not. It's a form that we keep record on record as well. The moderator will pass it. The voter will sign it, and um, you can proceed with your vote. Could you talk a little bit about people maybe moving to Hartford? Uh, perhaps they're moving this weekend. They want to vote, so they'd probably have to take part in same-day registration um, with the city. Uh, or maybe there's something else that people should know about moving to town and being new. Well, within the, if, if they want to register and they have not been able to register, uh, take advantage of the EDR. Uh, come in with the documents that are needed um, to show, uh, you know, just a, an address of if you have a lease, like I said, a utility bill um, and so forth that we can um, use to verify that you've actually moving from one town to another. We'll make sure that you have not actually taken a vote in another town prior to that, and uh, we will allow you to go ahead and take your vote. It's uh, fairly simple. You're filling out a registration card and taking um, your ballot at the same time, your vote at the same time. Can I ask you about absentee ballots? Because now in the last few years, there has been so much talk about them since COVID days. So where is that whole situation right now? And could you explain what those are for somebody who may not be familiar? I think that many of us are, but could you explain for somebody perhaps new to the audience what an absentee ballot's all about and why it's been the talk the last few years? Absentee ballots are for folks that are not going to be within the area or due to sickness um, physical disability, or even a poll worker themselves who will not be able to uh, go to their actual polling location. They can take advantage of the absentee ballot and move forward to go and place the application with the town clerk. Secretary of State also has an online. If you have a Connecticut DMV license, you can also grab your application that way. Um, it's processed through the town clerk's office. Um, currently, right now, people are taking advantage of it. Um, we also have supervised balloting where we go to certain um, locations of uh, nursing homes or facilities that um, folks that aren't able to um, go to the polling location, and we provide that service for them. Uh, once the absentee application is processed and someone receives an actual um, absentee ballot, um, they're suggested to fill it out, make sure all the signatures are appropriately uh, signed uh, where you need to, and the inner and outer envelopes, uh, place them in um, any of the polling um, the ballot boxes that we have available. In the city of Hartford, we have four um, areas where you can uh, place your ballot in the ballot box. We have City Hall, 550 Main Street. We have Maple Avenue in front of the substation uh, South uh, Wellness Center. We also have uh, New Park and Park by the Parkville Community Center. And we have Albany Avenue right in front of the 
Albany Avenue Library. So people, or if uh, need be, uh, you can have it dropped off within the town clerk's office. What about security and absentee ballots? Because that is a question that comes up. How secure is it? I feel that we have uh, a very secure process uh, within the city of Hartford or within the state of Connecticut. Um, there are several things that we have to go through um, in order for the ballot to actually be processed. Um, the steps are taken by the town clerk's office uh, to secure that that person has done everything that they needed to do to place the ballot within the envelopes and so forth and secured that the correct ballot has gone out to the correct person. Um, once they're returned on election day, our um, office takes over the absentee ballot process, and that's when we actually process um, the actual absentee. Um, we wait until uh, 10 o'clock to start receiving the ballots from the town clerk's office, and once we receive those ballots from the town clerk's office, um, we start processing them and um, opening the ballots and processing them as need be uh, through the Secretary of State's requirements. Speaking this morning on Face Connecticut with Giselle Feliciano, she is the Democratic Registrar of Voters for the city of Hartford, our capital city here in Connecticut. Pleasure to have her on this morning. We're talking about absentee ballots. Now, there's a question that's going to be on the ballot this year, and basically it says, should there be an amendment to the Connecticut Constitution to allow for early voting? What's the difference there between early voting and absentee? Absentee ballot has a limit as to the requirements. Uh, once again, physical disability, sickness. Um, Denise Merrill did an excellent job. Uh, last year passing um, with the COVID situation, with the pandemic, with the absentee ballot uh, going in with the legislative and, and, and expanding a little bit of the uh, absentee ballot. But early voting will give an opportunity to um, anyone um, to go ahead and uh, cast their vote earlier, especially for many uh, folks that aren't able to actually cast their vote due to multiple jobs, unable to leave their homes, um, and so forth. So I think it's a great opportunity uh, for people to go ahead and um, receive this opportunity if they go ahead and, and accept it um, in the state of Connecticut, and it does pass. Um, so there is some familiar uh when it comes to the ABs and early voting, um, but we don't know what early voting is going to look like. Um, first, we have to wait to pass it, and then we're going to see how um, the legislative decides how the process should, should take place, whether it be a week, two weeks. Is it going to be central? Is it not? Um, are we so there's a lot of questions in there of how the process is going to be but I'm more than confident that it would um, take place um, fairly simple and that the legislative will also take in consideration ROVs and town clerks' um, worries or con uh, concerns on how to actually take in the new early voting system. Talking about that early voting system and getting it underway, obviously a lot of questions and factors which you've just outlined. As 
The Democratic Registrar of Voters for the capital city of Hartford, would you be part of discussions about how to make that work? Would you be invited maybe, I don't know, to a panel or perhaps to a public hearing or public forum of some kind to kind of hash out these details? Would you be involved in any of that? Right now, we, uh, the Registrar of Voters has a uh, uh, an association which is called ROVAC, and I'm pretty sure that they will determine, along with the LOB, uh, which towns uh or uh, if a survey will be taken, um, but that w- that decision I will leave it up to the LOB on who they would involve in any kind of discussions. But rollback, um, we do have a president, and um, he will take care of. I'm pretty sure uh, making sure that our voices are heard and concerns, if if any, are taken. What are you hearing from voters or potential voters about this upcoming election? It's a midterm. Are they really looking forward and getting out there in numbers like you'd see in a presidential election? Are you seeing that kind of demand? No, I, I feel that this is going to be um, a busy election for all towns. Um, normally, uh, we consider the state elections a mini presidential election. Um, so we're prepared to... Um, take in the influx of, of the capacity of having more than usual come in um, compared to uh, local elections, I think we will see at least maybe 50% uh, turnout within the city. What about the time to count all the votes? So polls close at 8. How long does it take to count the votes? Because I remember in the last gubernatorial election in Connecticut, so going back to 2018, I believe it was Bridgeport and East Hartford it took them the longest to get all of their ballots counted, and then we figured out uh, the outcome of that election a little bit later the following morning. So in Hartford, what kind of process goes into counting the ballots, and how long does that take? I know a lot of factors go into that. Yeah, it really does. So we, we wait until um, 8 o'clock when polls close. Um, if a person's in line before 8 or uh, um, for that time, we still have to allow them to go ahead and vote. So it all depends on how long the lines will be. Um, we also um, wait for all our head moderators to go and come back to City Hall and bring us all their information so then we can process we do have a deadline to meet uh, with the Secretary of State in reporting, um, which is um, midnight. And we try our hardest to make sure we complete that deadline. Um, we also uh, we have a central AB count and we have our central uh, EDR. So we're all in that one particular, I can only speak for Hartford. Um, we try our best to make sure that all the numbers, everything is accurate as we're entering um, the numbers on the data to uh, provide the report to the Secretary of State. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of people look uh, for the numbers immediately at 815 to see which candidate has won. And um, for those uh, out there, understand that it's probably easier to get the numbers at, at a polling location than it is waiting for a, a a town to finish entering their numbers, because we never know what situation can come about. And of course, the bigger cities, you guys have far more people, far more voters, far more votes to count than, say, a small town in, I don't know, eastern Connecticut, where maybe you only have 
two, three, four thousand voters. Uh, how many voters do you guys have in Hartford? Do you have a count on that? Currently, we have about sixty-four thousand. What are the numbers between Democrat and Republican? Do you have the breakdown of that? Republicans are about uh, two thousand twenty-five hundred, maybe. We have maybe about thirty, maybe, and I'm I don't have the numbers in front of me. Thirty thousand, if not a little bit more, uh, Democrats. The remaining breakdown would be unaffiliated or other parties uh, within the system. Did you see any party switching going on leading up to this election? There were some of that back in the last big election we had. We've seen a few, um, but that had to take place uh, way before uh, there's a deadline for that switch uh, because there's a 90-day waiting period if a voter so chooses to do so. and we explain that to voters who have come in um, to the office uh, after that deadline. And um, we let them know exactly what would happen. Uh, they would be in limbo. Um, and because this is a uh, what I call a generic um, ballot, it has all candidates. Um, my suggestion to them, if they really want to cast their vote and not be in limbo, is leave themselves as is and then vote as they choose. Um, So that's what we tell them. But we did see a few, not many, but a few. So going by the rough estimates, we're looking at roughly 30,000 Democrats, about 20,000 unaffiliated in the city of Hartford. Has there been a rise in people choosing to be unaffiliated? They may feel that they're aligned with one party or the other of the two major parties in our political system. But do they seem to go for being unaffiliated? Have you seen that trend? Unaffiliated, um, when you're unaffiliated, that means you can't participate in a primary. Um, So when people want to participate in a primary, they tend to switch to the party that's having the primary. Um, A lot of issues, uh, we do have people who come in and just want to be unaffiliated, which is perfectly fine. Um, But we also let them know that they... Um, won't be able to participate in any primaries because it's due to the major parties uh, that we have the primaries. What we do see is a lot of folks sometimes um, will go and renew their IDs or their license in uh, DMV and um, sometimes don't realize that they, if they want to remain a party, it be, um, and they don't choose one, it automatically would become unaffiliated. Um, that's what I see the growth in in our city more of than anything. And then when people realize they're unaffiliated um, and they say, well, I've always been a Democrat, I've always been a Republican, and I want to remain that way, um, we tend to have to uh, fix that um, with the voters. But you do have some people who just want to be unaffiliated, or um, any other party uh, that they have. Do you see... Ex- do see oh, you'll continue. But I do see some young people who do want to be unaffiliated because they don't understand the party affiliations. Many young folks don't understand Democrats, don't understand Republicans, independents, and so on. They don't understand what the party system really is anymore. As they claim, when we go to high schools, we're never taught this in school, so they don't get it. So 
when we deal with high school students, they go, we want to be what Obama was or we want to be what Trump was um, or is. And um, that's how they associate, which is kind of funny to me. But um, that's how young kids associate with some sometimes of party affiliation. That's funny because I was just about to ask you about young voters or maybe high school students who aren't of age to vote, but they are thinking about it and the day that they will become eligible to vote. So what are some trends that you see in young voters, right? Because there isn't as much excitement among young voters as there would be, say, over the age of 50, the largest voting base that there is um, that constantly shows up to elections of all kinds. So what are you seeing among younger people in Hartford, below and just above the age of 18? We do see some participation within the young folks. And that's a little, uh, as a parent of my children, I'll just use mine as an example. You know, I try to get them involved just so they can understand, you know, this is your voice and so forth. So a lot of them don't understand that by casting a vote, you actually are placing your voice on the table. Um, And um, when we do give them that kind of scenario of how this becomes uh, your opportunity to be able to speak um, and, and, and share your views, whichever way they may be, um, they uh, take interest. Um, I think it's just uh, taking time to really explain to young folks and want them to get involved. And, of course, you're going to have that percentage of young folks that aren't going to want to, at this point in time, get involved. Um, so, you know, it's a give and take. Um, I can only hope that we outreach to uh, quite a few. Um, and we did grab a couple of them, and actually um, they became so interested that we have them actually working um, in uh, during our election um, so they can get a feel of what it is to um, be at a voting place besides being the voter, see how it looks. Um, and so forth. So on that end, you know, we can only hope that we outreach. And if we have five of them, if we we're lucky enough to get four out of five, then we did a good thing. What about volunteers this year? Do you guys have a good number of volunteers working the polls? You didn't have a problem getting anybody? Because uh, some towns do have that issue in some cities, too. What about in Hartford? Actually, Hartford has been blessed um, with um, constantly... Um, getting folks to come in and, and, and work our elections or call and want to volunteer. Um, you know, during the COVID pe- uh, period, it was a little bit difficult, um, but we secured all our um, polling locations with the PPE and they felt comfortable. But Hartford has not really had uh, difficulties with um, getting poll workers so far. And I'll knock on wood. Um, that we remain that way. Giselle Feliciano, I've really appreciated you having uh, the time to speak with us ahead of the election on Face Connecticut this morning. Any final thoughts, anything else you'd like to say as we are getting close to Tuesday, November 8th? Yes. Uh, Please go voice your uh, vote. Um, If you're unsure of where you go to go vote, uh, do not hesitate to call our office, 860- Seven five seven nine eight three zero, or go under the City of Hartford website 
uh, ROV, and you will find your polling location. If you want to double-check your registration as well, um, contact our office. If you are not registered and have not been able to register, please come down and see us on, no on November 8th between 6 and 8 at uh, City Hall. 550 Main Street. All right. I think that about covers everything I wanted to talk about today. Giselle, thank you so much. No problem. You have a blessed day. You too. We'll talk again. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All-Star Closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.